3: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. that's Danny Cannell. that's Bud Elliott, I'm Chip Patterson here with you live 11 a.m. like every single Thursday so that you can be a part of our locks for the weekend. So if you're watching on YouTube.com slash Cover 3, welcome. If you are listening because you are a loyal subscriber of the Cover 3 podcast who's been coming to get these locks for years, well, thanks for rocking with us. Uh, we have a loaded slate. This is, I believe, the most FPS on FPS games that we have had yet to this point. Nearly everyone's in action, so I I can only speak for myself, but uh, it's, it's quite a beefy card as we try to dig ourselves uh, out of, you know, Minor minor holes. Uh, on that note, let us go ahead and as we start every show with a very quick review of last week's action. Uh, Tom, you were four and five on the week. Uh, the wins included Notre Dame plus six and a half, U N I T Y, Latifa <laughs> loves it. Uh, Chip, Tom, and Bud all cashing in on the fighting Irish as they won outright handily as six and a half point underdogs. You also won a lock fight against Bud taking Wake Forest, uh, the game control champions, also winning the under in Western Michigan, San Jose State. It was windy. The over in Cal, Washington, then a push with Middle Tennessee, plus three. The losses being Texas A&M minus three and a half against Arkansas, Stanford plus five, Ohio plus 14 and a half against Northwestern, and the under 56 and a half in Central Michigan, FIU, as well as The Navy under-14 team total. Tom, notes, thoughts uh, as we move ahead to week five.
2: Well, thoughts are that I'm at least happy in real life I was able to get Middle Tennessee plus three and a half. I had to do it at three for the show because that's where it was at that morning. So I won in real life. Uh, Other thoughts are it's bad news when Bud and I are in agreement. It's better when we fight because when Bud and I are in agreement, I'm two and four. When Bud and I fight, I'm two and one.
3: Good to know for the listeners who are following along uh, to see if we've got any Bud, Tom agreement or fights. Uh, I went four and four, the wins included getting in on Notre Dame. Got the Texas Texas Tech over 60 and a half. The Longhorns did it for me by themselves. Didn't even need the Red Raiders. Western Kentucky plus nine and a half, also uh, a cover against Indiana. Baylor plus seven. Um, Tulane minus three, a loss. Houston minus 20, a a loss that has me uh, reworking a lot of my analysis of the Houston Cougars. We'll see if we get into that this week. A UNC plus 12 and a half, one of the one of the worst losses definitely in the ACC over the weekend. Then Kansas State Oklahoma State under 46 and a half, not the game that I expected to play out, but a great win for Oklahoma State and I pushed the under 48 in a game that went to double overtime in Clemson NC state. So four and four on the week, by the way, Tom 21 and 19. Uh, He is currently the season leader at 21 and 19. Chip chip is at 19 and 21. Uh, Danny, you've got the win in the over 46 from Notre Dame, Wisconsin. You've got the win in UCLA minus five against Stanford. Uh, Florida minus 18 and a half also a win and taking dubs from Nebraska plus five and the under 63 and a half in that Florida, Tennessee game losses from coastal UMass over 65 and a half. You might have to fill me in on what that final score was. It's not on the top of mind. Michigan minus 20 uh, Texas A&M minus three and a half and Oklahoma minus 17 in that narrow win against West Virginia.
4: I, uh, the lesson for me I got to take it easy with these favorites. I had way too many favorites in some of these spots, but you see what this says? See what my mug says? DK DK State. State is back. I'm on top of 500. This is just the beginning of a massive turnaround on the year. I'm still under 500 in the year, but that's all about to change.
3: Yeah, 5 and 4 for the week, the best week that anybody had here in week 4 18 and 20 on the season as you mentioned. Bud uh, went 5 and 7 getting in on Notre Dame, also getting in on the UCLA Stanford bar fight against Tom. Other wins included the over 46 and a half with Cal Washington, the team or oh, the first half under in notre dame wisconsin heck of a play there louisville minus one and a half against florida state taking a loss with missouri up at boston college in uh, that wild overtime game the under 56 and a half central michigan fiu ohio plus 14 and a half michigan minus 20 and the boise team total over 36 and a half from breakfast ball in, in utah couple lock fight losses the under 62 in texas texas tech and virginia minus four uh thoughts as we turn the page
1: mr elliot yeah um so two really bad calls with uva and uh and texas tech under uh wake just played much better than i had seen him play this year um like i went back and looked at my numbers there wasn't anything really in there that i thought suggested they were just going to crush them like that and they did so I, i've had to adjust wake up in my power number some Really killed it on the week and didn't do a very good job on the Lockspot. If you watch the Sunday show, you went nineteen and ten, you know. If you if you watch Lockspot, you went five and seven. I'm I'm trying to find stuff that I think still has value, you know. If you're somebody that bets only a couple thousand a game or less, you know, once the circles come off, it's a different game. So
3: my man, did you just say a couple thousand or less? Well,
1: that's what I'm saying, right? Like on, on a Sunday you can get, you know, two, three thousand on a game, no problem. If you if you run a professional betting group or something and you need to bet like twenty or fifty thousand on a game, you can't. That's why some of those big moves happen later in the week because those groups that the books finally take the the max bet limit off, right? And that little red circle comes off, or they put the blue circle on, which means that they're really confident in their number and they'll take a hundred G's offshore. Um, that's like at that point, the market has serious influence in it. It's a little it's a little looser.
4: Thursday morning,
1: there's still some value to be found. I think I just I got to do a better job picking out. Stuff on the
4: lock spot. Yeah, I don't get it was, out of those limits, man. Those yes. limits kill me all the time. I got to get those those big bets in early.
3: Yeah, so pe- people talked about dimes. I was like, oh, yeah, you mean like what, 10 bucks? Well, I mean, for instance,
4: <laughs> I, I took,
1: I took uh, Boise, Utah, or Boise, Utah State over 63 on the Sunday show. That closed, what, 70 and a half? Mm-hmm. I mean, it lost because uh, Utah State somehow figured out a way to have 440 yards and three points. But uh, in any case, it Stuff does move quite a bit, so there is definitely a challenge of still finding values later in the week. All
3: right, well, that's what we're going to try to do. Gentlemen, are you all ready to lock it up?
4: Let's do do it. it.
0: We're
3: picking
4: locks, my blue plate special five star locks are coming
2: since 2005 when service academies don't get these
3: locks. Five star master lock, lock it up.
2: under is 33,900.
4: We've got over 80 million every You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every every
0: point, every cover. All
3: right, early birds get the worm. We're going to tackle this weeknight action first. Uh, Virginia and Miami on Thursday night. Uh, down at Hard Rock Stadium, the Hurricanes around five and a half or so point favorites over under around 62. Anyone got any action on Thursday night's game?
4: ACC showcase. No one.
1: I, I mean,
2: do. yeah, go. I want to hear what you guys think, because I got to do a Twitter tip for this one. And I'm really not entirely sure what I'm going to do yet.
1: Yeah. um, So I don't know if you want to put this in the sprinkle column or not. I think the variance in this game might be extremely high. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, the QB for, for UVA, has looked really, really good. Uh, and I, I think UVA can likely get out there and score. Uh, their running back might be back. We don't know if De'Aaron King is going to play. I don't think De'Ar King is going to play. Both of the guys, David Lake and, and, and Gabby Rutia, who who host the uh, Inside the U Through the Smoke podcast, both of them pick Virginia outright here. I think Virginia can go down there and score 30. I'll be kind of all over this number in various ways for, you know, try to like spread it around. The one I like the most, however, though, let's play on the uncertainty. I like UVA minus three plus 225. Alternate lines are out because it's weeknight game. I think you can play on the variance here. (laughs) But if I have to pick a spread or something. Is um, that your lock? Yeah. (laughs) That's the one I want. Oh, wow. Well, no, we're not locking no. up. All of it all right, okay, that's fine. Uh, let's pick something boring. Uh, give me UVA plus. <laughs> let me see. you going to go to an odds jam here. Uh, get oh. you five and a half. Five and a half works for me. All right.
2: Piece of cake. Okay. Yeah, I'm I leaning towards UVA. I'm leaning yeah, towards UVA. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards UVA. It's just after that weight game, I'm like, Ugh. but then at the same time, I don't really trust Miami. And there's been weird things with this line because, like, It opened at Miami minus two and a half and it's gone to Miami minus five and a half. And I'm sitting there thinking, is this just overreaction to the Virginia White game or is there some information that I didn't know? And that's why I've been kind of like vacillating back and forth between what I'm going to do on this.
3: Miami has won six out of the last seven in this series, but most of them have been lower scoring one score games. Virginia has the best passing offense in the entire country. Miami has been awful at tackling. However, for all that awesome leading the nation passing offense, Virginia is still averaging less than 40 points per game. I, I don't know. It's if you wanted to attack the total, I wouldn't hate it, but I think neither of these teams are reliable or, um, worth uh, worth a lock that's for darn sure
2: well here's Uh, here's here's a bonus to list watching the show live I'm gonna be putting out a Twitter tip for tonight because it's tradition that I always put one out any night there's a college game I don't feel great about it (laughs) if you watch the show and listen you're gonna know that if you didn't oh well
3: Friday night action has three games. Uh, Houston, Tulsa, Iowa at Maryland, uh BYU at Utah State. Anybody getting in on any one of those three Fridays? Nobody taking the terps in the snake pit.
4: Wait, do you see? What is that up there? Do you see yes! what's up there? Yeah, do you see that? Yes. Let's go, Locks. Speaking of locks, locks pod, I'm gonna go with Mike Loxley. I actually have a DK two for one special Ooh. on this bad boy. Uh I am I was a team. Like, do they really instill that much confidence on you that they can go on the road and you know possibly have to score a lot of points against a Maryland Terrapin team, which has been putting up some pretty big numbers, Tao Leah or just Leah, as Locks likes to call them. That's what they call them the college park area. Um He's been lighting it up. He's been really impressive. I think this game at home Friday night. the atmosphere is going to be electric. Give me the Terps and the points. But we all know about Iowa's defense, right? The way they've been, the way they look on the field. Um, they're third in the country, only giving up 11 points per game. But are you aware? that Maryland's defense is only given up 14.2 points per game, which is good for eighth in the country. They're playing some defense as well. I don't expect a shootout in this atmosphere. I don't think Spencer Petras is going to all of a sudden like start lighting it up through the air. Iowa has one of the most clear-cut identities in the last decade. They're going to try to run Tyler Goodson, who, by the way, was held to just uh, 87 yards last week, zero touchdowns. Um, I think Maryland will have similar success, but Iowa's defense is pretty legit. So I don't think Maryland's going to be going all over uh, putting up big numbers either. Give me the under in this one as well. So give me the Terps and under. lock agreement on the under 48.
1: Sweet. (laughs) So um, Iowa doesn't hit any explosive plays, right? Uh, Maryland's defense is okay this year. Uh The one thing that I was going to consider taking Maryland here, but the one thing that really, I, I wonder how good Talia really is. Um, his average depth of target is like one of the lowest in the country uh, among qualified passers. This is an offense that just chucks screens all over the place. Iowa's an offense that, or a defense that takes on blocks well. They tackle really well. They don't get out leveraged. I, I don't know how effective Maryland's screen game is going to be against Iowa's defense, and I wonder if they're going to have to throw a little more conventional drop-back game in this one. So I for that reason, I stayed off, off Maryland, but I, Danny, I, I think this sets up nicely for an under at 48. Fun little stat that plays to both the picks of Maryland and the under. Uh,
2: among Power 5 teams, defensive success rate, Iowa ranks third among the Power 5. Offensive success rate... Only one team is worse than Iowa, and it's Kansas.
3: That's mm. not where you want to be. Um, I'm rooting for Maryland. I do not have a lock for this game, but I think it's going to be. Uh, it would be awesome because the schedule is going to get tough. There's going to be some losses. Like I think that this is one of those games where on a Friday night, uh, I was talking to somebody who does radio in Baltimore earlier this week, and they pulled out the name Danny O'Brien. They said this is going to be the biggest game in college park since Tory Smith was catching balls from Danny O'Brien and Florida state was coming to town, uh, back at the beginning of last decade. So I, I hope if it is that kind of environment, if the snake pit is live, I hope it's a Maryland win. I also think that Iowa could just, there's like a bunch of nihilist picks where it's like better team. They're going to steal all the soul away from college football. I'm rooting for Maryland in this one. Uh, I've got to play on BYU. I will comfort. Oh crap. I can't get, all right. So eight and a half or do, do I have any eights left?
2: Uh, there is no eights left. You're eight and a half.
3: Okay. That's fine. I'm seven and a half. Uh, let's see what was seven and a half. I felt comfortable playing it up to nine and a half. So I'm still, still in the target range. I'll lay those points with the Cougars. Uh, Utah State, uh, you mentioned Bud getting all those yards and still not being able to get any points. It's because they're they they make a lot of mistakes. Things aren't clicking. They turned the ball over a bunch. You know, we tried to swap out uh, quarterbacks. I still am a fan of the competitiveness of this Utah State team, but I think this line is too low uh, against the Cougars, so I will feel comfortable laying that on the road uh, in Logan on the mothership, CBS Sports Network on Friday night.
1: Know some good news, Chip? Sure. Uh, Jaron
4: Hall practiced
1: for BYU as a quarterback, so that is uh, that is encouraging,
4: um, for sure. Not one of the Romneys. (laughs) They got a lot of them out there.
1: (laughs) I really thought about playing team total over in this 33 and a half, but it's juiced 160, so I'm I'm just waiting to see if it moves around a little bit.
2: I just can't Uh, believe Chip has abandoned his Aggies.
1: Well,
3: I learned too much, man. I swear, you do the halftime show for Boise State, Utah State, you dive <laughs> into the details of the squad. You, get you to see know too much football.
4: Logan Bonner to feel really good about the Utah State squad. I'll tell you was, that. We were yes. on that one together. <laughs>
3: yes. Uh, I was, I, I've learned too much at this point. Um, okay. Uh, let's get into – any more Friday night action? Okay. Yes? All right. Uh, first, Arkansas, Georgia. Athens noon kickoff 18 and a half points over under at 48. Anyone got a play on the hogs and the dogs? I do. Kick us off.
2: All right. I'm going to start here with a play on the total. I'm going under 48. I just I I see this game playing two ways. Either A Georgia which has been the number one team in offensive success rate and defensive success rate is going to crush Arkansas and it's going to be like a, you know, 38 kind of 10 game or it's going to be close and Arkansas is going to stick around. But if Arkansas is going to stick around, it's probably because they're going to be, you know, squeezing the air out of the ball a little bit, trying to limit possessions as much as possible and playing good defense, which also will keep it under 48 i would very much prefer if it was at 49 obviously but i i still think this is going to be a lower scoring kind of not ugly game in that kind of georgia clemson sense but i don't think it's going to be a very back and forth affair
1: what number did you get there tom 48 you like that um however there are a couple 48 and a halves out there
2: oh well then i'm taking the 48 and a half i i, I assume i assume you like that a little bit better I do. I like it a half a point better. <laughs> I'd still prefer it if it was 49, but i definitely like it a half a point better.
1: Um, so I actually thought about something a little bit different here. I Man, should I join Tom on that? I, I'm actually going to go ahead and play just on Georgia's defense, right? I don't really know. Georgia's offense has played one really elite defense and then a bunch of ones that are kind of like at least below average, and I think Arkansas's defense is actually pretty good, but not maybe not like crazy elite. Um, go ahead and give me Arkansas team total under six and a half in the first half. I know that's not a great number, obviously, uh, but I, I I do not think that Arkansas will hit those explosive plays against Georgia. I think Georgia's going to be able to sit in the two high for the most part and defend the Arkansas run game because they win so many battles up front, and uh, you know. If this gets to be a blowout, I can see Arkansas scoring late. So go, I'm going to go ahead and attack the first half here.
4: Anybody else getting. I okay. want to, but I, I got to use some discipline on this one. I have a feeling Georgia. A top I, 10 game. You guys are just going to ignore it. Come I know. On. I know. But I got oh, burned Danny? last week. Come on. I got burned last week, taking some favorites. I think this is the week of the favorites. Like, I think they actually do have their revenge. But I'm still a little bit gun shy from what happened last week with uh, everybody else is doing it. Come on, (laughs) I'm not. I'm not touching. I think Georgia's gonna. I think they're gonna boat race them. But I would actually. I'll be rooting for the opposite.
3: Right. That's what. That's where I'm at. I am rooting for Arkansas to make this a game and for this to be really exciting and thrilling. But all the smart people and all the nihilists out here are like, no, this is where Georgia wins forty-two to ten. Sorry, they are as Tom mentioned. Number one in the country in offensive success rate and number one in the country in defensive success rate, and this is where the great story of Arkansas ends up getting exposed, and they end up, you know, maybe still being the second best team in the SEC West, but not in the same tier as the best teams in the SEC, of which Georgia certainly is one. So, rooting for Arkansas, but uh, too, no, too much to uh, to think that that is going to be a, a lock uh, for me.
2: Slight correction: They're eleventh on offense, not
3: first. Okay. That's so, out of 130 teams, that's yeah. still pretty good. Yeah. Um, 2:30 p.m. Eastern time. This is the Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bearcats. This is Cincinnati. Any any hope of defying Tom Fernelli and being in the college football playoff conversation requires a win in Notre Dame Stadium against the Fighting Irish. We've got Brian Kelly facing his old team, where he is the number two in program history and winning percentage. We've got Marcus Freeman facing his old team. We've got Luke Fickle going up against the program that if we were taking bets here on the Cover 3 podcast, I wouldn't put my money on USC. I'd be putting my money on Notre Dame as the school where Luke Fickle is coaching next. And all of it comes together into this massive top 10 battle. I am very, very excited for it. Cincinnati, a two-point favorite coming into the game over under around 50 and a half who's got to play
1: i no i i, I took some notre dame at three i don't want any part of it at, at two one and a half i think the under may be worth a look but i don't want to lock it up i'm just curious guys like i know i don't have a play but like, who will get the best of the deep defensive quarter they know i mean obviously marcus freeman knows Luke Fickle and what they want to do really well. Luke Fickle obviously knows what bother what bothers Marcus Freeman. Like Who's going to get the best of that matchup? Both these offensive lines have been pretty disappointing so far. I think the quarterbacks have actually played really well in spite of some of the protection up front. That's, that's what I'm interested in here.
2: You touched on something that's playing a big role in my lock, which is the under. I'm taking the under 51 because, as you mentioned, I don't think either of these offensive lines are playing well. Notre Dame can't run the ball. It hasn't been able to run the ball against anybody this season. I think Cincinnati's struggling to do the same. And I look at both of these teams defensively, like their strengths for both of the teams so far, I feel like have been their defenses. So I think with all that familiarity with each other, with two offensive lines that are struggling, I feel like this is going to have, we're going to have a tough time getting over 51 here without a defensive or a special teams touchdown. So that's where I'm going.
3: Notre Dame's going to win the football game. I don't need key numbers. They are going to win the football game. So I'll take it at three. I'll take it at two and a half. I'll take it at two. I'll take it at one. I will take Notre Dame and I will lock it up. Um, the joke. Right, I can only
2: give you two and a half. I
3: know. Don't, I don't, I don't. Right, I'll take two <laughs> and a half. Uh, the, the joke. Marcus Freeman knows Desmond Ritter too well. Right? Like we've talked about the high variance of Desmond Ritter performances. Marcus Freeman knows him very, very well. And this Notre Dame defense, while it has not been, um, you know, Excellent on a down-to-down basis across the entire season. There are two things that Notre Dame's defense has done very, very well. They have 14 sacks through the first four games. That is the most amount of sacks that Notre Dame defense has had since 2012, that eventual BCS National Championship runner-up fighting Irish defense. They also have nine interceptions on the season, which is tied for first in the entire country. So I've got a Notre Dame pass rush that seems to be cooking under Marcus Freeman's leadership. And I've got Kyle Hamilton in a secondary that is making quarterbacks pay for their mistake with all of the institutional knowledge. I think that when we look at all those different chess matches, it's actually like Freeman against Ritter and that Cincinnati offense is one of the things that gives me some confidence. Now, I take it to Notre Dame in general, which I just think is one of the hottest teams right now. I mean, they're just playing with a lot of confidence and with coming home after that Soldier Field performance against Wisconsin... I do not see Notre Dame losing this football game. They have played every kind of football game this year. They played high scoring. They played low scoring. They nearly blew a lead. They had to pull away late. Purdue had a little bit of an edge, and then they were finally able to take control. And I just think that the experience that this group has had, like they might run out of gas in November. We'll see. But I think at this point, they're just on a roll. And when you've got a hot team like that, I don't want to jump on the other side. And finally, we're talking about an American Athletic Conference team being favored at Notre Dame. Like, maybe even on principle, sorry. Like, give me the fighting Irish. uh, So that's why I'm locking up Notre Dame. Don't hate it at all. Don't hate it. Uh, All right, now let's get to the SEC on CBS Game of the Week before we go to Open Gym. (laughs) It is Alabama hosting Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, Bryce Young, Matt Corral. The buzzwords are everywhere. This is going to be the attention of the college football world uh, here in the middle slate of the day. Alabama favored by 14 and a half. I saw that the over-under, uh, like it danced to 80 and everyone like shot off fireworks and was right back down to 79 and a half, where I think I see it right uh, as, as we're preparing our picks. So... Does anyone have a play on Ole Miss, Alabama? And if we don't have anybody who's jumping in on a locks, I do think that we'd need to at least uh, offer some advice because it's going to be a game that uh, all the normies uh, want to get in and uh, we want to be able to serve you as well.
4: I got it. Oh, go ahead, bud. Do you want to jump in? Under 80. Yeah, all day long. I mean, this is principle, right? I mean, don't, don't, what kind of podcast are we if we don't get on this under? I mean,
1: I look. This flashed when it opened, I didn't think it was going to come back to us. It has under-80s to play for me. Um, look, Old Miss has not really faced a good passing game yet. I don't think Louisville throws the ball very well. I don't think Tulane throws the ball very well. So in fairness, maybe Bama puts up 50-something and and I lose this. That's, that's possible. In watching what Florida did, though, to Alabama. I'm not so sure that Ole Miss can replicate that in the same way. And Florida, Ole Miss has a great offense. Don't get me wrong there, but Florida actually pushed around Alabama in the run game. And I don't think Ole Miss has that same type of physicality up front to really push Alabama around. I think Bama can really run in the back end. By the way, and uh, this will just be how schooled up is the tide on on what Lane Kiffin wants to do as far as creating one on ones Because I think one on ones. I, I actually like Bama's guys here quite a bit uh, in in this matchup. Backdoor possibility totally open. That's why I'm not going to play the spread. So go ahead and give me that under 80 for the game.
4: I mean, how many times have every college football podcast, radio show, TV show referenced? Oh, last year, look at Ole Miss. Wow, they put up so many points on Bama's defense. You don't think that slightly rubbed Nick Saban the wrong way and that he's maybe put in a little bit extra time on the defensive side of the ball coming up with a game plan and I'm not saying they're going to pitch a shutout. Like there's Lane Kiffin is going to find some ways to score some points. I just don't think you see a replica of last year with this massive shootout that everyone thinks you're going to get. And I think there's a chance too with with Saban maybe you know get, trying to take the air out of the ball or a little bit in the second half, like sort of that. All right, let's get the lead and then. Let's not even let Matt Corral and Ole Miss touch the ball as soon as we get that comfortable lead. If I was going to, again, I feel kind of like the Georgia game. I think Alabama could kind of, you know, these these blue bloods, top dogs, alphas in college football might rear their ugly head and be like, hey, it's been fun for a month to have some parity, but we're not going anywhere. I feel like that's what's it's going to go. But to what Bud alluded to, I mean, nobody likes covering that spread more than Lane Kiffin. Like, he'll be clawing away at the end of that game. I think that back door could be open, so I'm going to stay away from that one. But you have to go under 80. We wouldn't be a principal podcast if we did. <laughs> See, I'm I'm not afraid of the back door. I'm taking Alabama minus 14 and a
2: half. I <clears throat> Like you mentioned, Danny, there's all the talk last season about how you know, Ole Miss put a real scare into Alabama. They were able to move the ball on him and put a bunch of points on him. They put up 48 on him and lost by 15 because Alabama scored 63 on them, including, <laughs> like, I think it was their last seven possessions. I think it started off Alabama touchdown on their first possession. Then they fumbled on their second possession, but it was after they'd already driven 80 yards. And then they punted. And then I think on their last seven possessions, they scored touchdowns. Old Miss didn't stop them really a single time. I don't see – I know – I think Ole Miss's defense has improved. It's just I don't think it's improved enough to where I'm – expecting it to be great on the road against Alabama because that's the other thing last year the game was in Oxford and like Matt Corral he's played great this season he's currently the Heisman favorite but Matt Corral has turnovers in him like we remember we remember that Arkansas game last year this is a guy who if you look at his career numbers at home or at neutral sites he's got an interception rate of one percent on the road it's at like seven point three percent He's very much more turnover-prone on the road in his career, and I could see him throwing one or two picks in this game that are going to hurt Ole Miss, and they're going to hurt Ole Miss's chances of covering. So I, I like the Rebels. I think they're good. I think Matt Crowell's having a terrific season. I think that they can move the ball and put up points, which is why I'm kind of scared of the under. Despite the principle, I would rather be on Alabama minus 14.5. That
3: back door is... <laughs> terrifying.
2: I got the, I got it locked. It's fine. Got the security code. They don't know the code.
3: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, Count on top. uh, You're going to count on Alabama to do everything it needs to do at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Set the security code, lock the door. Best of luck to you. Um, I think that Ole Miss will be relentless in this. I cannot wait to watch it. Uh, I might personally jump on uh, that under just to ride for the squad. But uh, but I'll no no lock from me here. Okay, so last week's winner was Danny. Let's go open gym wherever you want to go.
4: Uh I will go. I had a good one. Um I'll get to that later. Let's go to um let's go to another SEC team that made me some money last week. Uh the Florida Gators are playing Kentucky. If I was going to take a side on that one, I think Florida is really good this year. I think there is a team that Georgia might be you know, having to watch out for. Their defense, I think is playing a lot better. And their offense is running the football all over the place. Will Levis has had one good game. Other than that, it's been not that impressive. I think Florida wins. I'm not going to touch the number there. I'm going to attack the total, and I'm going to take the under. I think Florida has a lot of success against Kentucky's offense. I think they hold them in check pretty much the entire game, much like last week against Tennessee. It was a it was a little bit close at halftime. You know, they allowed a couple touchdowns in the first half then pitched the shutout in the second. Uh I like this game to go under the 55 and a half. Is that my best number? Yeah. Okay. I I I
2: just my heart is so full right now in that we're barely into the show and between the four of us we've already got six separate unders
4: love it they've been winners too i I, I don't know the overall number but it feels like there's been some you guys all everybody like say great defense it's also been some bad quarterback play but whatever it is there have been some lower scoring games
2: it is is time to dig barton's corpse up and bury it again because the over army is being annihilated right
1: now (laughs) i also uh in that one it's not there yet, but if this thing keeps creeping up, if, if, if I get the twenty four, I will be firing team total team total under twenty four on Kentucky. Uh, I I have some concerns with Will Levis. Basically, anytime they call that deep shot over route, he throws it whether it's triple covered or not. I mean, that one pick he threw against South Carolina, you had you had you know South Carolina defenders like running into each other to pick it. Um, they yeah that I like what they're trying to do on offense. It's just not there yet for me.
3: I'm not a lock. I like Florida there. I distrust of Kentucky think Florida can win the game by double digits. And if you can get it right there, anywhere under 10, uh, I don't hate the play. You mentioned some bad quarterback play. Uh, There's also a lot of poor offensive line play to blame for uh, what we've seen from offenses this year. And so that's why I'm going to turn to Tom Fernelli's number 70 team in the country, the Clemson tigers. (laughs) And I'm going to be looking at this, uh, this matchup against Boston college. And, uh, the play, the play is to take the under and I, Dennis Grossel is going to be able to do a little bit more with his legs than Phil Jarkovic can do. But guess what? The deep ball's gone. And when you've got a wide receiver talent, like Zay flowers, the vertical passing game that Boston college's offense uh, can be when Jarkovic is in there is gone. They're figuring out ways to get it done. A veteran offensive line has done a good job of gelling together and that BC staff has shown that they can be um, a, a, you know, a little agile, adjust on the fly and be able to still find ways to have success. I don't think that they have that success against Clemson. Jeff Halfley, for one half last year, had DJ's number. Uh, DJ really struggled against Boston College's defense, and I think that you know half-lee, former like defensive back pass coverage uh, savant i think he's got a good game plan uh, as clemson continues to try to uh, find ways to climb out of this hole offensively 15 and a half i wouldn't hate bc but the game is in death valley at night and i just would hate to have uh, have a cover go bust on a 17 point clemson win but i don't think that we see clemson be able to totally uh, run it up against this Boston College defense, which is why the best play for me is that Boston College makes it competitive, but they can't move the ball on offense, which takes me to the under.
2: Another under. I mean, we're just going to be sitting there on Saturday rooting for punts, punts, <laughs> and more punts. And we don't have to great.
4: when we have 80 points to work with in one of them. <laughs>
2: True. <laughs> I mean, I have I have one over on the card, and I'm like, I'm almost like thinking maybe I'll just get rid of it, <laughs> just because I don't I don't want to ruin what we've got going on here. I really I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, no, I'll, I'll 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 consider it. Um, I'm gonna go to the a team that I just don't trust, or I, it's not that I don't trust it. I just think that it's kind of in a it's in a tricky spot here. It's a team that kind of. Burned me last week, and it's not this isn't revenge or anger, but it's a lesson learned. I'm going to take Oregon minus seven and a half at Stanford because what the hell? Why is Oregon only a seven and a half point favorite against Stanford, who I have being about 12 to 13 points worse than the Ducks? And I know that they're at home, but there's no home field advantage for Stanford at home. Defensively, they've been terrible. They're ranked 118th nationally in success rate. They're ranked 109th in points allowed per drive at 2.39. And those numbers are even skewed a little bit because if you take out that game against Vanderbilt, uh, the 2.39 points per possession jumps to 2.56. So, like, this is a team that really hasn't shown an ability to stop anybody. And I think Oregon's going to go on the road. And we saw, like, last week, the Ducks were kind of like, playing with their food with Arizona before turning it on and just pulling away in the second half. I wouldn't be shocked if we see another kind of performance like that this week where it's like maybe it's tight at halftime, but then the Ducks just blow them out of the water in the second half.
3: The qu- the difference in Oregon and the teams uh, in the mid to lower tier of the Pac-12 probably is whether Oregon's going to play down or whether Oregon is going to pull away late. I feel like that Arizona storyline we might see a lot this year.
2: Wouldn't surprise me. Bud, where do you want to
3: go?
1: I want to jump in with an absolutely nasty game here. Um, this is this is big. Give me New Mexico State plus 28. A uh, couple of those left. If you use Odds Jam, I see we have, uh, well, obviously I'm not going to cite Penny. Uh, DK has one out there. So um, New Mexico State plus 28. I don't know if you caught this or not, San Jose State's quarterback was in a sling, mm-hmm. following the game last week. New Mexico State's quarterback is back. Uh, anyway, I just I don't think the number properly reflects this because I actually think that the that the QB for SJSU is pretty good, uh, and the starter for New Mexico State isn't. He's not good, but he's just not terrible. Terrible.
2: New Mexico State is like a, it's a bad team, but it's been much more competent than you expect in context of the fact that it is a bad team.
1: Yeah, like they are – Tom, where do you have them in, in your power ratings? Uh Like 124th? <laughs> so I, I've got them 129th. So yeah. like this is not a play that says I like New Mexico State. It's just they get their quarterback back. San Jose State is listing four oars at their quarterback position, which yeah. I doubt if the kid was in a sling at the end of the game, and you're favored by 28 do you really want to play him in this or do you want to give him another week of rest yeah this is what if about that kid
3: is nick starkle and he's seen more stuff than you yeah can believe he's like no i got it coach he's figuring out a way to get out there um, they, got,
1: they got some games coming up right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no i'm with you that no, no, no I, I love Starkle. he's awesome
3: there's there's no reason to uh there's there's no reason to test it if you think that you can get past new mexico state which as, as sad as you are, as San Jose State, to take a 23-3 loss to, um, was it Central or Western? Western?
1: Western. Western.
3: Western, last week. Um, yeah, you, you probably want to have the Mountain West Conference picture in mind uh, with your quarterback as well. Coming up on the other side, more of our Week 5 locks next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Do you want to use your college football expertise to win big time cash prizes? Well, now's your chance with college Pick'em from CBS sports correctly. Pick the whole slate of games and you can win the $100,000 jackpot this week and every week of the season by visiting CBS sports.com slash college. Even if no one wins the weekly jackpot, we're still going to give away a thousand dollars of guaranteed cash to the winner each week and five thousand dollars to the season long champ. So don't wait, make your picks and compete for the one hundred thousand dollar jackpot by visiting cbsports.com slash college today. Once again, that is cbsports.com slash college to get in on the college pick'em from CBS Sports. I uh, was checking the Cover 3 podcast Pick'Em standings. And uh, while I am sitting, I think, at 143rd, it's because I whiffed on a week, you know? And I, I felt really bad. I, I let down, um, you know, the spirit of the contest. But then I saw some of y'all that haven't missed any weeks that are behind <laughs> me. <About laughs> 50 to 75 of y'all that have come back every week <laughs> and are still behind me who didn't. Turn them in for week two. So get your game up. I think Bud is the highest of all of us. Bud's sitting at like 18th or something, but that's only maybe like two or three picks off the lead.
2: I'm not even in the pool. (laughs) Can I join
3: now? just try to play catch up? Yeah. Sure.
2: Shoot me a link after the show.
3: We promoted it here on the show. I never got a link. CBS slash cover three. And if it asks you to put in the promo code, the promo code is cover three.
2: Okay. I'm going to join right now. We're not CBS sports.com slash <laughs> three promo code cover three.
4: All right. I got to pick. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go more mainstream. I'm gonna go more mainstream game. Uh, it would be the,
1: impossible not to be any more mainstream. That oh, no, <laughs> That's
2: wait, true. wait, important update, important update, but have New Mexico State ranked 127th. <laughs> it, is, it is ahead of Akron, UConn, and
4: UMass. So the Michigan Wolverines traveling to Madison to take on the Wisconsin Badgers. This line stinks to me. Because you got two and two Wisconsin who looks awful. Graham Mertz' confidence looks shot. Michigan's 4-0. and Everyone's celebrating this is the year. Jim Harbaugh is back. They have their... Old smash mouth football ready to go. It's ready to take the road. Man, I was surprised at this line, but this is the one of those ones where you say somebody knows something. Give me the badgers. They are now the home favorite, right? Land one and a half. What's the best number I can get?
2: I can
1: get you
4: these are all over
2: two. the map.
1: Uh, actually, wait, uh no, there is a two and a half right now, uh, at three different
4: spots, including uh DraftKings. So I can get Wisconsin as a dog, a home dog? No, no. I thought you were trying to take Michigan. No, I want to take the Badgers. I think this is the one where everyone's going to see, like, how is this possible? How can how can Michigan not be the favorite in this game? It makes zero sense to me either. Although Cade McNamara hasn't exactly been a world beater. I think this game will be gross. You're talking about bad quarterback play, unless Wisconsin makes a change. But... Wisconsin has owned Michigan the last couple of years. I mean, I think they still have nightmares of Jonathan Taylor running for 200 yards in the second quarter. Michigan's schedule hasn't exactly been a gauntlet in the second half. They kind of struggled to really close out that Michigan, uh, the Rutgers game. There were some rumblings that there is a quarterback controversy developing in, in, in an Arbor. Like Cade McNamara has played nice, but they have not asked him to do anything. Do we trust him yet? Do we trust the passing game? Because that is the one area where I think Wisconsin could have some success is slowing down Michigan's running attack. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Badgers at home against the Michigan Wolverines.
2: Danny, I love you. I was able to get you Wisconsin minus one and a half. Perfect. And now I must fight you.
4: Fight. 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 Fight.
2: Maybe we'll middle, but I'm taking Michigan plus two and a half because – I just, there's, I cannot trust this Wisconsin offense right now for anything. This is like Graham Mertz's interception rate is 6.7%. They cannot throw the ball against anybody for anything. Like the few times that the receivers do get open, Mertz is missing them. I think that they can run the ball, but they've only got one running back that I trust. Like this is a Wisconsin team that over the years, like when it's been running over Michigan, even when it had Jonathan Taylor, it had other guys. Right now, I feel like Wisconsin's entire run game is Ches Malusi, and that's it. And no offense to him, I don't think this Wisconsin offensive line is as good as the lines we've seen in recent years. I don't think their run game is as good. I think Malusi has, you know, he's a guy that's going to get what's there, but he hasn't shown any ability to do much beyond that. And that gives me grave concerns about this Wisconsin offense going forward. Now, defensively, they're still phenomenal. Michigan on the road, I'm guessing McNamara, whoever's playing, is going to struggle. There are going to be problems. This is probably going to be a pretty ugly game. The total's a little too low for me to want to take the under there, though. But I just think that Michigan's defense, or Wisconsin's defense will keep it in the game, but Michigan can run the ball, and defensively the Wolverines have been really sound as well so far this season. So I think this is going to be a close game, and I think Michigan's going to win, but I'm going to take the points.
3: Bar fight. 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 And I'm with Big Blue. Give me Michigan. I mean, just what do you do against Wisconsin? I don't know. We put eight, nine guys in the box. No respect for your playmaking at the wide receiver position. If we think that we can keep Jake Ferguson in check, then we don't respect the Wisconsin passing game. Jim Harbaugh, first dub in Camp Randall happens on Saturday.
4: Mm.
1: My numbers say Michigan, but my head says, do not take Michigan.
2: <laughs> it's um, scary. It is. It's scary to take Harbaugh's Michigan teams as a road dog.
1: The reason I'm staying off this, right, is I. we talked to Sam Webb on the Around the Clock series, and he told us, look, Michigan doesn't really – they don't think their defensive line, run-stopping-wise, is that great. And Michigan, that's like the only part of their defense that's really not played very well. And they haven't played anybody that's a, a great running team as of yet. Uh, I am concerned about Michigan's inability to hit plays over the top. I do not think Wisconsin is gonna allow a lot of that short stuff. Just about the only thing Wisconsin has done poorly this year on defense is allow the explosive pass. However, Rutgers plays a similar style, not in terms of like what their coverage scheme is, but in terms of Rutgers says, we're gonna take away everything short. If you beat us over the top, congratulations. Michigan doesn't have Bell, their most dynamic receiver, right, and they have been completely unable to hit explosive pass plays I think some of their longest pass plays of the year are actually to their backs. Uh, I I think Wisconsin may end up smothering Michigan here. I really thought about firing an under. I still might. Not gonna lock it up. But I, I this might be a good buy low spot on Wisconsin. I don't know.
3: My guy Scott has an intimate knowledge of Michigan football, and uh, and he seems to be upset with my picks. So uh, I understand we are we are jumping in front of a, a freight train of distrust with Jim Harbaugh as a um, underdog Jim Harbaugh and camp Randall. But I, I, I think Michigan might be pretty good football team. And I, I watched too much of Wisconsin, Notre Dame. So that, that is my bias. This is my bias. Uh, all right, let's see, let's do a quick review here to get uh, anybody caught up who just joined the show so far. Tom is on the under 48 and a half in Arkansas and Georgia. The under 51 in Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Alabama minus 14 and a half and Oregon minus seven and a half Michigan plus two and a half chips got BYU minus eight and a half Notre Dame plus two and a half the under 46 and a half in Boston College Clemson also on the Wolverines. Danny's got Maryland plus 30 and a half, the under 48 two two for one special there on Friday night, the under 80 Bama Ole Miss, and the under 55 and a half in Florida, Kentucky. Bar fight, he's on Wisconsin. Uh, Chip and Tom on Michigan. Bud's got UVA plus five and a half down in Miami Gardens, the under 48 Maryland, Iowa, the under 80 in Bama Ole Miss. Arkansas, first half, team total under six and a half, and New Mexico State plus 28. All right, let's go. uh, Short line was too short last week. It's too short again. I'm going UCLA. I'm laying three.
1: All right, um, Um, let's take a look here. UCLA. Where are Where are you?
3: UCLA and Arizona State. Um, Arizona, waiting for Arizona State to become a Pac-12 South contender yeah, is he's the a, best
2: I can get. Yeah, sorry, it's a game yeah.
3: that'll lose you money. UCLA is a good football team. They're the second best team in the Pac-12. They win this game by a touchdown. I do not think that I am. A, if UCLA plays down to Arizona State and this is a, a close game, I still like UCLA to have a few more playmakers, especially at the tight end position, uh, more than Arizona State. So Bruins are a better team in in ways that seem uh, one touchdown, not a field goal, or even three and a half. So give me the Bruins.
1: I don't hate it. Arizona State's run defense is not nearly as good as the pass defense. I'm sure UCLA will love to run the football here. Um, This is a game that I have circled to live bet just because I want to see how healthy Dorian Thompson-Robinson actually looks. He was really dinged at the end of that game. Otherwise, Chip, we'd we'd be there uh, together.
4: All right, I got one for you. I got another one that just line, like, I look at this. It's a little bit confusing, but maybe it does make some sense. So Texas is traveling to TCU. Now, I got burned last week because I thought Texas Tech would have a chance. TCU loses to SMU this past week. Tanner Mordecai continues to just wreak havoc across college football. They plant the flag. It's a brawl. Jerry kill like gets knocked out. It's it's (laughs) ugly, right? Gary Patterson's fired up, so TCU can't have a chance here, right? Like they don't have any chance. Maybe TCU was looking ahead to the Texas Longhorns coming to town. This is uh, what's the line at right now? Five. If you want TCU, I can get you five and a half. I want TCU here. What much like the the politician that was testifying when Oklahoma and Texas departed for the SEC who stood up there and read off the record. She said TCU is seven and two against the Longhorns and their last nine meetings. And they're the ones that are getting to go and they're going to leave us, <laughs> man. Give me them horn frogs. as a dog. Gary Patterson's got his team playing some defense. If they burn me, because I do think there's a chance all gas, no brakes could get going. Like, I almost just want to take this one for TCU. Like, wouldn't it be funny if, (laughs) but I'm going to take the points here. Maybe it's one of those wild, wackier big 12 games, but history tells me TCU is going to get the best side of this one. And if Texas does win, I think it'll be closer. Plus everyone and their brother is on Texas figuring, Hey, they just put up 70 TCU just lost to SMU. They have no chance. I'm going to give them a chance. I'm very concerned about this pick for you, Danny.
1: Oh, like, I'm boy. not I'm not trying to fire on Texas here, but let's think about what Texas' offense does well. They run the ball with Pajon Robinson and they throw deep. Mm-hmm. That is like exactly the two things that TCU defensively is bad at. Uh, so they are 102nd in rushing success rate allowed, 127th in rushing efficiency defense. And in their pass game, their pass defense looks incredibly good on a down-to-down basis, and they are Dead last in the country, 130 out of 130 in passing this explosive or passing explosiveness allowed. So it's like if Texas game plan is let's run Bajan and then throw deep off play action, like you couldn't drop in a lab something that TCU has done a worse job stopping this year. Like I'm, I'm, I really thought about TCU here and I might sprinkle a little bit on like one of the alt lines, you know, if I could find like TCU minus a touchdown at something crazy because I think there's, it's potentially a high variance game and I want to capitalize on that variance. But man, I don't like the uh, like like I don't think Texas offense is like that amazing. But shoot, the things they do well are like the exact things you could circle and say TCU has done really poorly.
3: So not only does TCU have Texas's number, but it is also the historical precedent that they screw up the week before. (laughs) Every everything has followed. Like I think they're five and fourteen. Or something. There's a there's a very lopsided uh, record of the week before Texas, where yes, Texas is the number one thing on TCU's mind. Mm-hmm. By everything that we've been able to gather, by the way the Horn Frogs play both before and during the Longhorns, that game is terrifying. Uh, I'm I, I'm glad you're jumping in there, man, because we needed to get somebody to mention this game because it's very interesting and I've got no confidence. It is, and if anybody has a play here, please let me know. It is like. The two most untrustworthy friends you have have decided they're going to meet at eight o'clock local time in Baton Rouge with like ninety thousand people. After spending all day partying, I don't trust anything about Auburn LSU. I trust nothing. Does anybody have a lock in this game? LSU favored by three and a half. I I don't I don't understand this game at all. I think it will be fun. I look forward to watching it but i almost think it's the game where no matter what happens i will be very careful not to let it change my opinion of either team just because it is such a it's a wild series in general but i don't i don't have a good feel for the game
2: i just had to put a pick in for it on our cover 3 pick 'em pool that i'm now a member of and no i don't like anything in this game but I did take Auburn in the points, but I'm not
3: going to lock. Same it in the pick'em pool that yeah. you are all a part of, which also <laughs> includes Missouri, Tennessee as the tiebreaker game.
2: Yeah. Which, by the way, if I get one pick right this week, I climb up like 20 spots.
4: So I so bad want to jump on LSU here. I did. You guys see what Bo Nix did? Like, did you guys see the pictures? I think there might even be video out there after TJ Finley leads him down the field for a last second, you know, heroic drive. Was it like, a good teammate or a bad teammate? Wasn't it wasn't the cheering like and I've been there, you got to suck it up, and it's just what you have to do. Like, way to go, give him a high five, and you're like, oh, this sucks. Bo Nix just went with the old, this sucks kind of look on his face at the other side of the field. I don't, I don't trust Auburn in this spot. Who's going to play quarterback? I like the way Max Johnson is playing. I think they figured out things offensively. I would like LSU, and I kind of want to take it, but I'm not going to. It's just, it's a weird game. But it screams to me, take LSU. The home Baton Rouge, they're going to be liquored up late. Isn't it 9 o'clock? I mean, they're going yes. yeah. to be – it's going to be lit. <laughs> that give, me, give me the Tigers. Of oh. Auburn. Oh.
3: <laughs> Plus three and a half.
1: Right. Is that yeah.
3: LS, let me. can I guess it? LSU run defense play.
1: There's a little bit of that. LSU's run defense is not good at all. LSU does not run the football very well. Uh, I was actually just texting about this with the dentist, and I don't think you can actually read this on my phone, but LSU's offense last week was essentially three explosive plays and nothing else. All right? Like, it was like, if you look at the total yards of this, but they had 64-yard touchdown pass. That was the one where two defensive backs from Mississippi State ran into each other and got hurt. <laughs> All right? 58-yard touchdown pass, 41-yard touchdown pass. Mississippi State had a couple really critical turnovers early in the game. First quarter fumble, right, at their uh, at their own 35, and then a pick uh, in the red zone of LSU. I think the wrong team's favorite here. Uh, the thing that I am most confident in this game by far is LSU's back seven being able to, to play decent pass defense and run with LSU's receivers. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Auburn. I expect Auburn to win the football game.
3: All right. Bud taking Auburn. Uh, looking forward to watching that one. As uh, as Danny mentioned, it's an 8 o'clock local, 9 o'clock Eastern time kickoff in Tiger Stadium between Auburn and LSU. Woo-wee. That's going to be something. Uh, I'm going to – a real quick pair of uh, – well, does anybody have an Oklahoma Kansas State
4: play? I do. Okay. Um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Right I'll just get, it's gonna, Tom's going to love it. Give me another under. Like I And I'm, I'm going back to where <laughs> I'm flipping it around from left side. Like, I, I keep like, hey, maybe they break out. Maybe this is the week the offense figures it out. The offensive line develops some continuity. Spencer Rattler becomes the Heisman. I got to see it before I, I do it. Uh, Skylar Thompson still doubtful. I think not expected to play in the Go game, ahead. although he's getting better. He's getting closer. I just – I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. Oklahoma's defense has been playing their lights, you know, hanging on for dear life. Give me the under. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair until Oklahoma's offense figures it out. I'll probably keep fading them in these totals.
3: Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma's defense keeps me from taking Kansas State plus the 10.5 or 11. The children are singing because I'm right there with you. I think that, the, in a weird way, Oklahoma unders have become a thing. Yeah. I, it's strange, but uh, but I, I will also be on uh, the under for this game. And it's in Manhattan? Uh, and, yeah. And what's our – do we have any any uh, weather conditions, Tom?
2: Uh, we do have some weather conditions, but it's not quite the weather conditions you're hoping for. But at Bill Snyder Stadium on Saturday afternoon, there will be temperatures in the upper 60s with slight breezes of seven to eight miles per hour blowing across the field and it's rains. Awesome.
3: Ooh and rain. Ooh, okay. So that's that could be uh, that could be nice for the kind of uh, slobber knocker game that uh, Kansas State wants to play.
1: Um, um, one more thing in this. Yes. Will Howard, the backup quarterback for Kansas State, did not play the second half last week with a lower body injury, and they have not been definitive. At least from what I've seen so far, maybe somebody in the chat has seen a more recent report. But as of uh, as of Wednesday, I've not seen a report that he's definitely going to play.
3: And uh, speaking of that game, uh, I'm going to come right back, keeping it in the big 12 and I will take Oklahoma state minus three and a half. Uh, Great win for Baylor. This is exactly what Dave Aranda needed for this program. Uh, I had it as a lock and for them to be able, the way that game played out, Iowa state showed a little bit of fight. It wasn't fluky. Baylor did a good job of winning, but this is of two very different paths that Oklahoma State and Baylor have taken to where they are, and I just think that the Cowboys, having uh, you know gone on the road to Boise State, having uh, gotten caught in all these different style of games, you've got the Tulsa game. I just I really like Oklahoma State to um, show that they are the better team here, and three and a half feels a little bit short. This is where Baylor, which has gained a lot of confidence in itself going up against the likes of Texas Southern, Texas State, and Kansas, I think that's where we see the team that's a little bit more battle-tested proves to be so. So I will take the Cowboys and lay the three and a half.
1: Dig it. You want, Can we go sicko mode? Yeah. yeah. All right. I already went sicko mode once with my 129th rated team. I'm going to load up on my 130th rated team. I am going to take Yukon plus oh. Oh. 15 is the best I see out there. <laughs> That's just At cold-blooded. Um, You're just being mean. Yeah. I mean, You know, uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, still send Barton a Christmas card but <laughs> well, is this, 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 this just cash money, baby. Um, I I think that UConn is actually a significantly better team. Now that they found a quarterback in Fomachon. Right. Like I know that's kind of crazy and we don't follow that stuff a lot, but the, the kid that plays for Clemson, right. Uh, his little brother is now the QB mm-hmm. for UConn. And I think he's actually a decent bit better than everybody else. they have been starting who have been absolutely terrible. And I think he's merely bad as opposed to uh, terrible. And I uh, I just, do we really trust Vanderbilt to be laying more than two touchdowns? I know it is UConn, so it's almost like an FCS team. But Vandy also lost to an FCS team last year. Or, excuse me, last – well, hell, still this month. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and give me UConn there. And uh, now I'm betting on the two worst teams I have
2: in the whole country. <laughs> I'm, Spe- Speaking of betting on bad teams and the state of Tennessee, I'm taking the Vols plus three – Against Mizzou this week. I'm going to lock that up. This is just, I don't have a ton of faith in the Tigers right now. So, this is one of those areas for me. This is, there's some numbers that back this up, but for myself, but this is also kind of just a gut feel about the way that I've seen these two teams playing. I think that Tennessee is, I think it's a live dog. I'm taking the points. I might consider Money Line Sprinkle for it later, but I definitely want Tennessee plus three because I do think this is going to be kind of a close, sloppy-ish, kind of strange game.
3: I I don't want any part of Missouri right now. That's a as that is a volatile, um a volatile substance that needs to be handled mm-hmm. with like gloves and tongs. You should not get too close to Missouri. Uh, you you might get infected with something. Um, Let's see. I've got two left. Where's everyone? Same. Same? Three. Three. All right, Tom, back to you.
2: All right. uh, For my next trick, I am going to go with a team that is an underdog on the road that I think has a very good shot of winning outright. I'm going to make, I could still get it two and a half. Give me Washington plus two and a half at Oregon state. Like, I think this line is a bit of an overreaction to what Oregon State did against USC last week. And I think that this is a Washington team that looked terrible against Montana to open the season and looked awful again the week after that against Michigan. But in its last couple games, I think the Huskies have figured some stuff out. I don't think that they're a high-octane explosive offense or anything of that nature yet. But I do think they're figuring out what works for them, what they can do, and they're doing it, and they're doing it effectively, and I still think defensively this is a very solid team, and I, I, I like the Beavers. I like what Jonathan Smith's done there. It's just I'm not at a point where I'm ready to make Oregon State a favorite over Washington, so give me the Huskies.
3: Our beloved beeves turning your <laughs> back on them in a wrong team favored situation. Mm. Wrong, team favorite. wrong team favored. Wrong team favored. So Last year, and still this year, Pitt has not become a team that is very good at running the football. However, they have one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the country in Kenny Pickett, and that passing attack has been cooking, especially recently. But last year, there was one team where they ran for more than 152 yards uh, on the ground at more than five yards per carry, and it was against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. The one team that Pitt could run against last year was Georgia Tech. They ran for 317 yards at 5.87 yards per carry. They ran it 54 times, and it was a competitive game. Now, it was December 10th in the COVID year. Do you think that, that where was Georgia Tech at? How invested were they? Worthy questions to ask, but you know this was a yellow jackets team that had just you know logged a win against duke had been competitive against nc state and i do not look at jeff collins as the kind of coach that is going to allow his team to check out of any down to check out of any game and so i think that there must be uh, some either a structural weakness or a schematic advantage or something in this matchup between these two teams where a lot of our personnel has not turned over from when they played in december where Pitt, a team that is not very good at running the ball, can run the ball and will run the ball uh, against Georgia Tech. So uh, Georgia Tech coming in with a lot of confidence. They are going to be playing at home, not in the big body Bends, but uh, back at Bobby Dodd Stadium. And the Panthers come in uh, as three-point road favorites. I will lay those points, and I will also go back to an old uh, adage, which is Pat Narduzzi in games between three-and-a-half and 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 three-and-a-half uh, has been profitable against the spread. I mean it just it's part of that that Pitt identity, man. They just they love these these rock fight games uh and find ways to come out on top. So, I think that uh Kenny Pickett in the passing attack obviously very dangerous and something would not be surprised if they had success, but it is knowing that this is one team that Pitt could run the ball against very successfully a year ago that has me having a little bit more confidence in my gut which was to to take pick Pittsburgh in this spot.
2: I, I looked up the trend for you because as soon as I knew where you were going, uh, in games that touchdown range of minus three and a half to plus three and a half, Narduzzi's pit teams are 13, five and three against the spread. But there is another trend that I was, was n- against it. I'm tracking this year. Just, it's <laughs> underdogs in ACC conference games are currently six and two against the spread. Just something to keep in mind and keep your eye on as are we you throwing
3: forward. NFC least principles on the ACC.
2: <laughs> I mean, look at the ACC.
3: Yeah, it, no one deserves to be favored. Take ACC underdogs uh,
1: every week. Mm-hmm. ACC should stand for alternate spread or alternate line, Coastal Conference or whatever the <laughs> hell you want. Like, anyway, <laughs> work, work the word alternate line in there because like these are not these spreads
4: are nowhere close. <laughs> uh, okay, bud or DK R- Rappaport. No, no, yeah, I was, to- rap, we could do rap fire. What What's going on with the Ohio State Rutgers uh, line? Well, it just hit 14, uh, which is where I was going to go. Okay, go ahead.
1: Where are you uh, going? Also, over 36 and a half team total. The one thing Rutgers defense does not do very well at all is defend the explosive pass. C.J. Stroud has looked good in practice this week, according to both uh, Ryan Day, but also the receivers who, who were talked to. I expect they will be able to throw the ball over the top against Rutgers. I've already bet uh, Ohio State in this one as well, and... Uh, we might finally have to see Wreckers play with a, a pretty good uh, deficit here.
2: So you've got the over team total of what? Uh, 36 and a half. 36 and a half, and you're taking the minus 14 as well.
4: Yeah. I'll take, give me uh, Ohio State and lay the points. I'll lock That's agreement.
1: <laughs> Is that lock like unity?
3: Wait, hold on. Did you say, uh, Wait, I thought you were doing a team total.
1: I you, did both? Yeah.
2: Well, it's happened. To infinity and beyond.
3: No, I'm not on it.
2: Oh, I thought you were on it. No. Uh, didn't you just play the lock unity?
3: For Because it's y'all three.
2: Oh, I hadn't made my pick yet. You were jumping the gun. Uh- <laughs> Okay, fine then. Yeah, just okay. I'll, I don't want to ruin a latifa, so
1: <laughs> lock unity. Yeah. Let's go.
3: My bad, Tom. Wow, I didn't need to cut you off.
2: Wow, I'm just wow. No, that's cool. I Wait, mean, yeah, you- it's once it got to two touchdowns. I mean. I, I think we've talked about it. Rutgers is doing a great job of being a pain in the butt, but I just I don't see it this weekend.
3: All right.
4: Um, so are we almost all out? I got one. Left. I got one more. All right. One more. You guys see UAB's new stadium. You see it yeah. unveiled 180 million dollars. They've invested in 45,000 first home game. <laughs> Bill Liberty. Clark ain't
3: losing that game.
4: Exactly. I think they have to lay two and a half. They're going to win that game. Malik Willis, Syracuse. Uh, the lost Liberty hat against Syracuse coming in. This is one of those ones where you absolutely have to win the home opener. 45,000 fans jammed in there. They've played better competition. Give me UAB in this one.
2: Get One and a half.
4: Oh, even better. Love that.
2: All right. I've got two left. I've got I'll go quickly on one. It's uh, this is just a numbers play. I've been burned by this team on this podcast already once this season, but it's been a while and I if if I'm gonna have numbers, I have to trust them or what the hell's the damn point. Give me Southern Miss plus two against Rice. Anybody want to join me? Anybody? I
1: I already have a nice chunk on, on the three and a half in the Bud's Best column, but like that's across that key number, so yeah. I'm I'm gonna, gonna pass on joining. But that was yeah. That know. One it's gone here. down
2: to I'm two saying. since I got it at three and a half earlier in the week too. But yeah, that's that that line just is weird to me. And then finally, I guess it's safe. I could do it now. I am doing the over forty seven in Minnesota Purdue because mm. that number is just. I, I've got it at like 51-and-a-half, 52. So I, I think that there's some overreaction to A, Minnesota's performance against Bowling Green last week, which I understand because they lost at home to Bowling Green in a 14-10 game. And I think there's just... I don't think Purdue's offense has been great, but I, I look at this matchup and I don't expect it to be like a shootout, but like this is a 28-24 to 24 kind of game. So that's what I'm going over.
3: We fade Hawaii on the big Island. Hawaii at home is not good against the spread. Now, why? I don't know. We can point to lots of different reasons, (laughs) including the idea that they might be overvalued with um, the trip for the visiting team. I think that Fresno minus 10 and a half against Hawaii is a great opportunity uh, for us to go and cash in on that trend because Fresno is a good football team and Hawaii does not do a great job of covering the spread. And this year's Hawaii team uh, does not uh, intimidate me too much. So my final lock is going to be late night, on the mothership, tucking yourself in like everybody wants to with the Mountain West game on CBS Sports Network. Give me Fresno, lay the points.
1: Chip, I thought about this too because Fresno does have the bye week coming up, so like there's no look ahead spot here. They had their hangover game last week that they they won, but barely. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. My last one is Penn State. Um, I thought about this. If if Indiana had lost the game, like they probably should have lost last week, right? As far as like how the game was was actually played, and if Western Kentucky didn't do that ridiculous punt. I mean my, my numbers say West Kentucky should have won that game outright what is this spread it's over 14 right if if Indiana had lost like the game was actually played- mm-hmm. so for that reason I think we're getting value here at what 12 12 and a half
3: and it's danced there too so it
1: but like yeah I mean I, I this could get I'm just I'm not concerned about this um I I, I think Penn State's a much better team than Indiana is uh, yeah, go ahead and give me Penn State minus 12, 12 and a half, whatever we can get now, Tom.
2: i mean check trying to find a good number here for you.
1: I mean, 12 is dead anyway, so I'll, I'll take 12 and a half. Alright,
3: all right, so is, uh, is that it? Is all the locks out before we get to the Sprinkles? Let us review Tom, he's got the, who? not a lot. Okay, everybody on an island. Uh Arkansas under 48 and a half. Georgia, Arkansas under 48 and a half. Notre Dame, Cincinnati under 51. Alabama, minus 14 and a half. Oregon, minus seven and a half. Michigan plus two and a half. Tennessee plus three. Washington plus two and a half. Southern Miss, plus plus two. Ohio State minus fourteen. And the Minnesota-Purdue over 47. Chips got BYU minus eight and a half, Notre Dame plus two and a half, the Boston College Clemson under 46 and a half, UCLA minus three, Michigan plus two and a half, the Oklahoma Kansas State under 52 and a half, Oklahoma State minus three and a half, Pitt minus three, and Fresno State minus 10 and a half. Danny, Maryland plus three and a half, the Maryland, Iowa under 48, Obama, Ole Miss under 80, the Florida, Kentucky under 55 and a half, Wisconsin minus one and a half, the Oklahoma, Kansas State under 52 and a half, TCU plus five and a half, UAB minus one and a half, Ohio State minus 14. Bud, uh, UVA plus five and a half, the Maryland, Iowa under 48, the under 80, Obama, Ole Miss, Arkansas first half team total under six and a half, New Mexico State plus 28. Auburn plus three and a half, UConn plus 15, Ohio State over 36 and a half, and Ohio State minus 14, and Penn State minus 12 and a half are lock agreements. Uh, Maryland-Iowa under, Bama-Ole Miss under. That's a pair between Danny and Bud. The Oklahoma-Kansas State under 52 and a half. That is a Chip and Danny. We got ourselves a two-on-one bar fight. Danny's got Wisconsin minus one and a half. Michigan plus two and a half for Tom and Chip. Is there, so I guess a Wisconsin two point win is our middle?
2: Yeah, we're looking for a middle here.
3: Mm-hmm. That's what is that? The the bar fight gets broken up and they buy our drinks? When, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's when at, at the end everybody's buying each other drinks. And like, oh, I was just a misunderstanding.
3: Okay, that's our sweet spot. And then we've got Queen Latifah, you and I, TY, Ohio State minus 14 for Tom, Danny, and Bud. So we turn
1: our. Oh, the dentist. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that loser, loser guess one <laughs> and three. Old Miss plus 14 and a half.
3: Yeah. Soccer. Yeah. 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 The, the, the explanation
1: uh, I knew I should have gone with the LSU last week, but what UGA did to Vandy was completely uncalled for. Very rude and bad karma. Confidence level still high. Uh, he he thinks uh, Ole Miss's offense is not taking a step back at all and believes that uh, Ole Miss's defense is taking a big step forward. Uh, and uh, Alabama will try to control clock, limit Ole Miss' defensive possessions. Uh, certainly possible they win by two scores 14 and a half, is too many points. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got the. Tooth emoji, lock emoji. Oldness plus 14 and a half.
2: So many unnecessary crowns going out of the Nashville area right now to make up for all these Dennis losses.
3: <laughs> no, actually, I think we should um, yeah. cap that. You know, why don't you and, come back next week? For it's a not thing.
2: a problem now, but if we don't take care of it, it's going to be a problem down the line.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn our attention to the money line Sprinkles. Tom, you are the sprinkle leader. Nine would- and two. Wow.
2: I on would like moneyline to dedicate. Sprinkles. I would like to dedicate the moneyline sprinkles to Adam Flannery in the comments.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> is he being go ahead. Z? Go ahead and read our records now for Adam Flannery in the comments. On
1: oh yeah, because the show is actually making money, isn't
2: it? Yeah.
3: Okay. Lot, so yeah. Tom is nine and two on moneyline sprinkles, up thirteen point eight three units. Bud is six and four on moneyline sprinkles, up six point nine five units. Danny at six and five, up five point one five. And chips on a four-game sprinkle losing streak, but still up 1.8 units on the season. So Tom, what are the sprinkles for this week? Uh,
2: I will. Let's. I've got. I'm gonna go with three. I had a possible fourth, but I'm not. I'm not gonna follow it up. I will take my first sprinkle. Is I'm taking Syracuse plus 180. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it's nothing personal. Uh, I'm going to take again. We're sticking with that whole ACC underdog theme here. The way things have been working in that conference, another one. I'm taking Louisville plus two ten, and as one I've got on the locks is the spread. I, wrong team favorite situation. I'm going to be taking Washington plus one fifteen.
4: Has an zero and four team ever been favored over a three and one team before? I don't know if that's ever happened. I don't know, but. What are, I like the Seminoles this weekend. They've been fighting. I think they get their first win. I was going to have it as a lock, but I, wanna, I don't feel that great about it.
1: The only thing i played so far in this game is under 25 and a half first half. Um, I think that FSU will try to lean on the run game. Syracuse can't throw the ball. FSU can't throw the ball. Uh, FSU's run defense is the reason they're favored here. It's legitimately very good. Uh, they, they have a couple guys up front who will play professional football. Uh, and Syracuse, their defense has actually been really good as well. Um, I I don't know who wins this. Got to see. Like, it's Robert Syracuse Scott wins. came – like the, the names we gave out the last two weeks, remember we said these guys don't play, bet more on Wake, bet more on Louisville, bet the alternate line. Robert Scott tried to play. He gave up like four or five sacks. He clearly wasn't ready to come back. Marie Smith mm-hmm. did not come back. Uh, will Milton play? Will Jordan Travis play? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, May see some of the third stringer have a party this week. I definitely uh, don't hate the money line play here because I, I think the Syracuse win is very much in play. This team is not healthy.
3: All right, so Bud, money line sprinkles.
1: All right. Uh, well, let me see what what else do I still have here. Can we can, can I go last? I'm sorry.
3: <laughs>
1: right. Bud
3: has traded
4: his number two spot to Danny. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Give me the Terps. Give me the Terps playing at home Friday night. I uh, took that as one of my locks. I like him in this spot. Um, I have another one for you. Uh, give me Troy over Stop South definitely. Carolina. Two and two, Troy. Go ahead and win that game. Let me see the best number I can find you here. Man, I uh, there's a couple other that I really wanted to take, but I don't love them. Like Colorado, I was thinking about taking versus oh, USC. Little, like little, it, little, wouldn't little, it be little, funny if, but yeah, I'm not yeah. going to touch yeah, that Yeah, I,
2: I would not do that. Uh,
4: do that. Uh, I'm good with those two. All
2: right. All right, plus 245 is the best
1: I could find.
3: Well, do you need another minute? I think you I
1: got I'm good. Uh, okay. Actually, Troy, Troy was on mine as well. Okay. Uh, I, I bet him plus the eight. I think it's down to seven now. So I, I gave out UVA and I, and I gave out Auburn. Obviously, I will have a piece of those, but I, I don't want to put that as my uh, as my sprinkle since I already gave it out. I I'll go ahead and uh, and stick with those. One I did consider, to be honest, is Akron, Ohio. Might have just quit.
4: Hmm.
1: It looked they, that way last they week. They looked terrible against Northwestern.
2: So your pick is Troy, and well, there, there was just, just Troy, just Troy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, Ohio, like, that was, I had them plus 14 and a half last week on the locks spot and in the column, and that was just, they drove, they got the ball, they they opened the game, they marched down the field, got into, like, to about the 10-yard line, and then missed a field goal. Like, they had a bunch of penalties backed up, didn't score, missed a field goal, and then from that point on, it was just like you saw the air go completely
3: out of them. All right, so uh, that's it? well we got, we need just need Chip's money line Sprinkle? Yep. All right. Close your eyes.
2: Visualize this. You're in the carrier dome. They're not. The house is filled. It won't be. The feeling is
4: electric. Kind of. <laughs> the noise is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special team that has been well coached. You have an offense that will not hurt. you. And you have a game that's faster than you've ever seen on turf. Not on turf. Open (laughs) your eyes. That's gonna be a reality.
1: That's
0: gonna be Syracuse football.
2: (laughs) Is that the meanest thing we've ever
4: done to each other? (laughs) This is so wrong. This is going to be the game, though. If they do lose, they're going to have the guy, the the guy reading the book, lonely, <laughs> like in a beautiful sunshine-filled day in Tallahassee, and he's just not watching the game because it's gross. This is going to be that game. It's parents' lose. weekend.
2: Oh, uh oh. Uh-oh. Well, we're screwed now. Mom's Dino's,
3: there. Dino's your daddy now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dino, Dino is your father. If right. goes in and gets it done on uh, on parents' weekend.
1: I do go ahead and, and, and give me, give me that Akron plus three hundred. <laughs> Let's go, Ohio really made have quit.
3: Um, tough, tough, tough look uh, for uh, Ohio. I remember around like 1130 midnight. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll jump in and uh, follow us on Twitter at the show at Cover3Podcast. We'll give you updates through the evening on Saturday uh, to let you know when we're going to be going live for our instant reaction, but you can get it right here at YouTube.com slash Cover3. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Pernelli, You can follow him at Danny Cannell You can follow him at Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. See ya.